Before we get into the next episode of the Conjugate Chats, I want to thank the Department of Young Strain Coaches, the DOYSC, for sponsoring today's episode. The DOYSC is to help young coaches into the field of strength conditioning, whether that is CSCS prep, live discussions, internship or GA opportunities, or anything else strength conditioning related. They are here for a resource for young strength coaches going into the field of strength and conditioning. I'll drop the link in the description to the DOYSC's Discord so any young coach can have access to this awesome resource. So thank you for listening to the Conjugate Chats and the DOYSC for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats with your host here, John Mark Raspberry, Coach Raspberry. That I have on here, Coach William Fly of Mallard. I'm trying to think on top of my head. Mallard Creek High School. Mallard Creek High School. So, Coach Fly, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So, you're the director of athletic performance at Mallard Creek, correct? Yeah, I've been there since um, about March. I got okay. hired during a uh, not not the best of times to get hired, but you know, it was a opportunity that presented itself that you know it was just can't say no. Right, absolutely. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your journey to strength and conditioning. Uh, well, I'm from Virginia normally, uh, Southern Virginia. Went to Kingsport High School, located in right in Suffolk. Graduated in 2008, and then went to Greensboro College in Greensboro, North Carolina, a Division three school where I played football for four years. Uh, graduated with a PE you know, uh, degree, and then honestly, my first job out of college was teaching elementary school PE. That was the first thing that I could find. Uh, I actually did elementary school PE and I coached football, coached JV defensive line, and then just kind of worked my way up. JV defensive line, JV defensive coordinator, and uh, JV head coach at Richmond Senior High School in Rockingham, North Carolina. And at that same time, I got my first uh, weight room job where I was the uh, uh, Trend coach for the, our, our ninth grade school. We had a, uh, an entire school, entire building just for ninth graders. And it was my job to get them ready for the senior high. And then from there, got up here to Charlotte, where I was a football coach, strength coach at North Mecklenburg High School. And there was there for about three years. And then uh, during COVID, transitioned to Northwest Cabarrus High School in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, served in the same capacity, uh, football coach, uh, strength coach. Uh, at the end of it all, I was the assistant head football coach, offensive line coach, special teams coordinator, huddle guy, technology guy, headset guy, uh, upload film guy. And I was you know, essentially you know, head coach, I need something done. I, it was my job to get, get whatever done. And then, like you just said, the opportunity came up in March to where you know, the folks at Mallard Creek, they wanted to uh, 
pursue what, what what would they need to do in order to have a full time strength coach and an open PE spot and want to fill it up with someone like us, someone who can do this full time. And yeah, we made that transition in March, and we are about a week away from the start of fall sports in North Carolina, which starts August first. So it's been a crazy, crazy time, but it's been it's been awesome. That's awesome, coach. That's awesome. How was that adjustment, or I'm sorry, adjustment to from your old high school to where you are now? I mean, you're saying that you got hired on in March, and I know in the school year, you know, that's kind of towards the tail end. I mean, how did that exactly look like? Uh, not what I want. Not what anybody would want it to happen. You're essentially taking over. Um, like I said midway through the school year, so I didn't really change it. Um, kind of getting there, and he's kind of, I don't know, here's the water, start swimming. And just really just spent the first few months. I got hired in March. North Carolina spring break was maybe the third week in April. Uh, and I just kind of saw what they were doing already and then just kept that rolling. And really after spring break, kind of started to plug in a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then now, in the summer now, we're really kind of trending to doing things the way that I want them done. And then really starting to integrate other sports as well. You know, up until I got hired, you know, unless your coach was a, you know, had any knowledge in the weight room, you didn't come to the weight room. It's you know, traditional football, football teams in the weight room. And then if your football coach happened to the track coach, you might have gotten the weight room. And the wrestling coach, you might have gotten the weight room. But you know, we've trained over 13 different sports this summer, over 275 kids, which has been a big adjustment for uh, a lot of kids to have the opportunity to be in the weight room and have devoted times where, hey, it's just them. You don't have to fight over space. It's, uh, this time is just for you. It's been welcome. Now we just have to figure out how we – uh, with our in-season in schedules and stuff like that, and how do we uh, our all-season kids roll until uh, we start school in August? That'll be a whole nother. That'll be a whole <laughs> thing to figure out. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, do you have any hobbies outside of the weight room? Um, much was a hobby, but I compete in powerlifting. Okay. Um, I compete at um. Whatever meets are close to the house. Uh, there's a meet um, in November that I'm training for. Um, honestly, my hobbies around, I come home and take care of a one-year-old. My, gotcha. my, wife, my wife is home all day, and so when I get home, I take over. Whether it's watching whatever random shows are on Nickelodeon or YouTube, <laughs> or around the house, she's at the point now where she can walk and borderline run, although running turns into trembling and falling really, really quick. And I don't know, as being a dad, uh, that's, 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 been, that's been really cool. That's honest, honestly what led me to taking this new job at Mallory Creek, kind of uh, had the opportunity to be home more often and then have um, set hours and tell my wife, hey, I'll be home at this time every day. And coaching football, it's Strength coaches is pretty, pretty long days too. But football, you're having to 
at home, watch film, break down film, eating, stuff like that. And you know, being this role now where I can just focus on strength uh, and conditioning and stuff like that to where I can leave work at work. And when I come home, I really don't worry about it too much. I do a little bit of work on a random night where everybody's asleep and I can't sleep, but you know, when I come home, it's all about being home and just being a dad, being the best husband I can be. That's awesome, William. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to kind of figure that out. You know, I'm an O-line coach and special teams and you know, I think the youngest one in the, on our staff right now, and you know, I do get hit with the questions of technology and you know. Oh, you. Yeah, always yeah. a long coach. We're we're chameleons. We, we oh. know how to do everything. We're organized because we got to control five different people. Mm-hmm. We got to learn potentially five different skill sets. You know how to snap a ball. How your, your guards and centers have these steps. Your tackles have these steps. If, Covered uncovered rules and inside zone, but there's this scenario and there's this scenario. So having to be completely organized, and then because you're organized, while you're probably while you're at the special team, because you can organize, punt, and field goal, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but now you up, you're, you know, you have the podcast now. Oh, he's good with computers. He's good with technology. Oh. Now you're going to be setting up headsets on Friday nights, and you're going to be uploading film. So yeah, don't let this get out, man. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're probably going to run or have the same kind of little backstory, having the kind of played multiple hats. And I want to get to the spot that, like where you're at to where it's just strength conditioning. It's no more. It took 10 years, man. It, um, and I used to think that I wanted to be a head football coach. And I was taking steps. You know, every move that I made was taking steps to be a head football coach, going from uh, Richmond County. Uh, not getting JV D line, JV defense coordinator, being the JV head coach, kind of a you're not the guy, but you're I was over all aspects of Thursday night, you know, who's playing and stuff like that, calling plays, and then I have a very close relationship with our head coach, and then leaving Richmond County, go to come to Charlotte, go to North Met, where I was a varsity coach for the first time. And then having um, a bigger role in game planning and stuff like that. And as you've kind of mentioned, you know, we're offensive line coaches. We're good at a lot of things with organization, troubleshooting, things like that. And this is just kind of getting given a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And yep. uh, I, was, I kind of thought that's what I wanted to do. But then I found out this past year, that trying to do football at a high level, coaching-wise, and then being a running coach doing that at a high level, it was just really, really tough to do both at 100%. Yeah. I might have been like, hey, I'm like 70, 75, 80%. I would always see that people wanted me to help them in the school, other sports and stuff, but between August and hopefully December, I can't, unless you're in the class, I can't help you. And, it, and that was, just, it was tough to, to tell people that. And then, you know, football's over, I had to go do track. I had to go, and then 
doing try. I did shot putting discus. It wasn't the hardest job in the world, but still, you have a whole other sport that you have to get the handle and stuff like that. And probably most places are track is the extension of football. The football is just go, go, go year round, year round. And then it was really eye opening where my daughter was born May 2021. We had, we had just gotten through our COVID season. In North Carolina, we, we didn't have a regular season, so we started the COVID season in February. Played six or seven games, I forgot what it was. We turned around, and then I was doing track. We turned around, now we're doing summer football. And then there was a stretch of nights that really hit me. We got in the grind of it during football season. Wednesday night, I would see my daughter put her to sleep and stuff like that. Thursday night, wouldn't see her in the JV game. And then I was, I wasn't the JV head coach, but eventually I was. You know, just, hey, hey, call this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. Yeah. And then Friday nights, not there. And then you're at the school uploading film. And it was uploaded. Then you got to, all that mess, the puddle and all that. Stuff that makes me say bad words. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't see my daughter until Saturday morning. And that happened for a week. And I was, yeah, I'm home, tired, and then I'm doing something new. Now, you know, one, one uh, Wednesday night, she can't roll over. And then all of a sudden, Saturday morning, she's rolling over doing all this cool stuff. and. I missed out. Right. And I've heard so many stories of coaches of how they missed out on their kids this or kids that or da da da, da to put a strain on you know, their marriage and stuff like that. I I, I didn't I didn't want any part of it. I don't want any part of it. And I just you know, I would just kind of look at it. I was never actively like job searching stuff like that. I just got a call and Maybe January, December or January, about the possibility. Hey, would you be interested in this kind of position? And in North Carolina, there's, until I was hired, there was one guy. There was one public school guy in the entire state that did uh, high school strength conditioning full time. And they weren't asked to go to school. You get your private schools here and there, but in North Carolina, there was this one guy, uh, Kyle Jassic at um, RGK High School. Yep. That position was started prior to him by a guy named Brian Bosman. Like those two guys, they're the only guys in the public school world. And I, was, I, did, I didn't know they were serious or not. So I just kind of kept on doing my thing and you know, kept, on going, kept on texting and calling. And, and we kind of involved with, hey, look, you know, we want to offer you this, this, and this. Uh, don't, we, don't want, we don't want you coaching a sport. We don't want you doing this full time. And that's the, that was the dream job. And I didn't realize it would be that close to home. And didn't realize it would happen in March. But um, something like that happens. Your dream job shows up. You just got to jump on it. That was really the first job my wife went. You want to apply for it? <laughs> so that's it was, awesome. uh, it just happened like that. And it's been, it's been really, change um a lot less stressful where it's um 
you got bringing any of it home. Good man, good. Hey, that's awesome to hear. That's you know, for most guys that want to go into the high school strength, you know, that's a dream job for them, and you know, to be home more and you're what you're saying, you know, spend more personal time at home. I mean, not have to carry stuff home. You know, that's that's awesome, man. Um, so why did you go into the field of strength conditioning? Why that specifically? Like you talked about being, you know, you thought you wanted to be a high school head coach or head football coach. You know, why go the the path of of strength conditioning? Um, just to me, it answers. I love the weight room. I, at a very early age, I, I love being in the weight room. Um, I found that really quick that um, wasn't many, not much room for error when you're five foot six uh, offensive lineman, um, weighing about 170, 180 pounds in high school. And uh, I was starting to just keep my butt whooped. And our offensive line coach, who was the uh, strength coach at the time, was like, hey, take the seriously. It won't happen again. I took it very seriously. And, but then, you know, all over to, I got, got to college. I just didn't get the butt whooped no more. I was, you know, yeah, I was, that lacked vertical height and stuff like that, but I didn't get beat. I didn't, you know, get embarrassed in games. I was able to dominate people that I, you know, then I attributed to the weight room and as being stronger than college, kind of the same thing. I'm a five foot six, 210 pound center slash guard playing in the land of giant. It's Division three football, but there's still some big old dudes playing Division three football. You, get, you have guys that are from the top, like D1 level, kind of like trickle their way down. And maybe it's just someone who still has eligibility trying to chase the dream. There's some players we had some big dudes. The freshman year was, you know, as Paul is for a lot of people, eye opening. And got the butt whooped. And I was like, yeah, we ain't about to do this. Four years, I just took the weight very, very seriously. I just, I, I just had a passion for it, for helping people build confidence in what, whatever it is, what they want to do. And I just found out that I have, especially like being an elementary school PE teacher, had to get really good at teaching all aspects. Like, no, you're not. I mean, I think, like, I think I've heard so many people say it before. I heard. Best coaches are at the elementary school. Because you get, at least in my elementary school, we had 30 minutes. You have 40 kitty runners. Go. So you have to have management, uh, being able to handle discipline. And like a kindergarten, you're, you're spending the day, hey, this is how you run. This is how you skip, how you hop, how you jump. You break it down at kindergarten. I just got really good at breaking down things to the most simplest components. And that just kind of translated to the weight room to where I mean, there were kindergartners, but working with ninth graders and 10th graders. Uh, was breaking down all the skills like that. And it was, uh, it kind of came natural, just breaking down that stuff. And then I just kind of took it more seriously, even teaching elementary school PE, pursuing information and getting certified and stuff like that. Just do I want to do this? I just didn't think that uh, North Carolina would be the state that would happen. Like you, you, know, like you gotta go to South Carolina to do that. Or you gotta go to 
Georgia, you got to go to Florida, one of the other southern states. Um, and that ended up happening in North Carolina, and we're starting to grow a whole lot. Another, just in the past couple of days, there have been two other high schools in the state that have hired full time faculty. So it's uh, growing slowly, but uh, I think it's going to be big time. You know, it just kind of, you know, once the floodgate opens, it's like that short. Gotcha, man. And talking about, you know, North Carolina and, you know, high school strength and conditioning, how did you get involved with the NHSSCA and now you're where you're the state director for North Carolina? Yeah. So how did, uh, that, how did you get started in all that? I, mean, I, have, a, I have a friend named KT Thomas. Uh, he was at the, he's a coach in Florida at the time. He was at Orangewood Christian. He would then go on to like uh, the land high school in Florida. We would always meet up. I used to work um, Nike Coach of the Year Clinic in Orlando. Um, I guess the word would be a glorified bouncer where we would go in and you've been to a Nike uh, clinic at all? I have no. There's like, you get these pad folios. And in those pad folios, there's all these advertisements. So the, um, all my friends from Richmond County, the deal was we'd show up on Thursday. The clinic would start on Friday. And we would have to stuff these folders. Now, the, the clinic in Orlando was the biggest one in the nation. So there's over a thousand people that attend. We had to stuff a thousand folders. So that's how we get to go to the clinic for free. They house us for free, feed us, give you clothes, all that kind of stuff. But we essentially just were in the back of the rooms acting as bouncers, making sure people have their badges and stuff. And the big job was, you know, hey, Nick Saban's done talking. They didn't make saving out the room without any problem. He was he spoke there and he was told the NHS SCA. At the time I had just started at the ninth grade academy as the strength coach, I'd never heard of it. Might have been 2017, 2018, maybe. And hey, you should join. So I joined and the rest is history. And I think my first event that I attended. Um, so it was the uh, we had we had a conference crew. So it was Snowfield, uh, all the founders, all of them. They had um, essentially they rented uh, this, this room in the boat. We had the conference in the boat, and then the rest of the day, going a cruise going to the Bahamas. So it was a pretty uh, pretty neat first experience of the NHSSCA. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Um, That's pretty sweet. And then that just kind of grew from there. And you know, I just found connections and stuff like that. And then attending national conferences, you know, the first one they had in Nashville, and then eight clinics in uh, North Carolina, family days. And yeah, it's kind of just stayed with it. And then opportunity came up to where the previous gentleman, uh, Coach Powell, he's at Cannon School in Concord. I get his term was running out, and it was just it came to me. And I did you want to be the state director for North Carolina? And I was scared it was the best way that I could give back to an organization that has given so much to me. When they, they made me 2020 coach of the year for North Carolina, and then all the things they've given me, just the connections and how much they've helped me. 
kind of a no-brainer just to kind of give back and the organization has done so much and has helped grow what we do uh, as a profession in North Carolina. So we got four years to see what we can do. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, I love the NHSSCA. Uh, we both went to that NatCon down at uh, Nashville yeah. and, you know, finally got to meet you, finally got to meet a lot of other people that, you know, connected, whether that be social media or, you know, other outsource. And, um, I mean, that organization is phenomenal. I, I can't say good enough things about it. You know, NatCon, got to meet, got to connect with a lot of good coaches. I got to meet our state director here in Tennessee. Uh, Miss Kylie Feldman, you know, she's awesome, and uh, I, I just, yeah, it's completely awesome, man. And I think the, the whole movement has been organic, where yeah. there has been such a need of just having a, a voice just for the high school coach. You know, there's a, there for every, you know, Tobias Jacoby, Gary Schofield, they, they do this full time and stuff like that. There are people like us, up until March, like us. Hey, we're the offensive line coach. We're the special teams coordinator. We're the huddle guy, headset guy. And we're also having to go in the weight room. And you know, mine was, I wanted to run the weight room. Yours is probably the same way. But there's a lot of coaches that maybe don't have a choice. They're kind of busted into that role, and they just you know, they have no idea what they're doing. And the great thing with NHSSCA, there's just so many people that are willing to help. Nobody has an ego about what they do, how they do it. Everybody's completely open. And you know, you put, I just put also on Facebook today about um, grants, writing grants, trying to get iPads and stuff. And then um, three minutes. And have four response. And you don't get that anywhere. Right. And, it, and that turns into phone calls. Phone calls turns into text messages and group texts every day. And then, like some people that I talk to every day are NHS SCA people. And like, we don't talk about our profession, we just talk about life. Like, yep. uh, you know, there's a guy named uh, Coach Kerry Harbor. He was a long time coach at Reagan High School. Just took a job at Winston State University. We just talked you know, hey, about fatherhood and being a dad and dealing with you know, stuff and helping me with my move, getting out of coaching high school football and doing Frank full time. And there's a group text of you know, most North Carolina guys. There's a group text of just these people and that people. And I know I can reach out to any one of them. And get an honest response without no fluff, without any nonsense. It'll be very honest whether I want them to be honest or not. And then I can use that feedback directly. Yeah, man. Um, you all got a good thing going on in North Carolina. Like Kyle Jasic, I believe is his name. I mean, he's putting out good content out there and. Um, he's he's really awesome. I can tell you he's a he's a very genuine guy, and yeah. uh, I can tell that y'all doing a lot of good things over in North Carolina, for sure. Um, what are you doing to continuously learn in the field of strength conditioning? Up until NatCon, I was a part of the 
the uh, like mentorship, like high school mentorship, where it was kind of you know, online, and this is kind of my second step in doing it. First time around was right during COVID. Everybody's at the house anyway. And it was almost 20 some weeks. We started in January and it didn't end until June, where it was, you know, every week there was two videos about a, a certain topic. And then you would have a Zoom meeting like this with your uh, cohort. They bust you up into like four or five different groups. So my person the first time around was Michael Kurtz out of Florida. This time around it was Coach uh, Jacoby out of Georgia. And we would meet, we'd talk about the videos and the content presented, about how it applies to you. And then honestly, a lot of the time we'd just be shooting the breeze, talking about life. And then Thursday nights would be like a big meeting where it'd be Coach Buley and Coach Schofield and folks that had the, that made the presentation to my, whatever it was on the grand scale. Uh, that from, June, from uh, January to, uh, to June. And having done that two times in a row, it's fundamentally changed how I do things. Uh, and it was kind of cool making that transition in March. We were kind of like right in the middle, right in the nitty gritty of it all. So during the interview process, and they were honestly, besides my wife, they were the first ones to know about the opportunity to even take the jump. You know, their honest opinions of it. And then now when I made the transition, Hey, how should I approach things? That was a pretty uh, neat time to be a part of it. And then right now, it's just really the summertime and a little bit of a uh, free time, just kind of making sure I have my stuff kind of in order for the school start. Taking uh, everything from the high school mentorship, seeming to break it down, and then making the adjustment to what we need to do when the school year starts. Probably something else I might do once um, school year starts. But once we, you know, right now we're trying to prep for uh, me and Kyle, the guy that you had mentioned, we're actually hosting and running, like essentially running the strength part of our school district uh, professional development. So, you know, for the PE days and stuff like that, there'll be PE related things with me and Kyle. We're going to be running strength conditioning only sessions. Football coaches that have the one class, or unlike you, they the football coach that has the weight training classes. Their sessions just to build up to you, and me and Kyle will be running two different things for that. I mean, that's what I've been kind of getting ready for, and then uh, honestly, just kind of getting back on my grant writing game, trying to get things that our school that our kids need. Uh, there's some there's some big needs that we need, and so we just gotta wait for these. Applications to close and see what happens. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome that y'all are going to these high schools and, you know, kind of spreading the, your experiences and, I guess, your information to, you know, coaches that are like me or like some other guys that may have been thrown into a position to where, you know, they say go run the weight room and they might not know what direction to go in. So that's awesome. That's, that's completely awesome. Um, what are the most important things to consider when training an athlete to you? Uh, first thing, what do you have? <laughs> what do you have access to? Um, 
in a week span going from Northwestern Barris to Mallard Creek, I had to drastically change my program. On one end, I inherited tremendously talented athletes where Mallard Creek, they're very successful, three state titles in football. Uh, North Carolina, the highest classification is four. They have three state titles in football, uh, tons of Division I prospects. You know, we just had a kid, um, Jordan Davis, big old nose guard from the University of Georgia. Yeah. He's Mallard Creek kid. We have, the, we have those kind of kids walking through our school. Um, that was one end that was kind of a neat adjustment. The other end of it was our equipment. It was kind of it was a bit of an eye-opening experience. And we don't have dumbbell. We have a tiny little room that's probably meant to be classroom. Nine racks kind of shoved in there. And I had to find out, all right, I got bars, I got plates, I got bands. So that was first thing I had to realize that how do I change? What do I do? How do I modify what I do based on the equipment that I have? Another thing that was probably be a big thing is, uh, is training age with you, not training age with Joe Schmo trainer down the road. Not training age with Joe Schmo, trainer who's got a parachute in his trunk, or some speed ladders and cones in his car, and like really sticking to it, really kind of letting letting them cook slow. That way, you build them up appropriately. A lot of times, the, you know, our kids are really athletic. They're freshmen; they come in, oh, he was really good. You know, some folks say, "Let's put a bar on his back." That's not the end goal. The end goal is to make you know, monsters and freaks that walk out of here as seniors. Like, don't nobody care about no strong pressure. Right. Nobody, yeah. Some people care, but that's not the, that's what's important. I'm sure you've seen tons of times kids that were, you know, quote unquote, strong as freshmen, and they stay at that same level freshman year, sophomore year, and all the other kids that were down here as a freshman, because they, Cook slowly, and then it would just like just grow like weed, and they would just blossom and do these absolute athletic freaks. And that kid's still here. Um, and honestly, the one, one thing I take into account is attitude. Uh, it's kind of been it's been on social media for a while, but like the athletes' attitude spectrum, where there's five different uh, levels. There is um, reluctant, resistant, compliant, committed, and compelled. And they all kind of correlate to losing, losing average, average, winning championship. And I, I, that's kind of how I address kids accordingly to where if a kid is in this end, he's reluctant, he's resistant. I'm not putting a bar in his hand. You got to be able to trust him. Not be selfishly. I have the best job in the world, and I don't want to do anything that's going to compromise my my position by doing something dangerous. Uh, and then he's kind of say, "Look, for us to get to earn your right 
do this. You to earn your right to quote unquote yes, act out if that's what you need, stuff like that. Um, and I gotta do it for the team as well. It's like, is the team overall, where do they stand? And like attendance is a big thing too. But hey, hey are, you, are you constantly here? Are there some kids that are really athletic? We have some teams that bring two days a week, whether it's Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday in the summer. The kids that show up every, you know, every week as opposed to, they're going to get progressed a little bit faster than the ability that only shows up one Monday a month. Right. I haven't seen you do them. Like, it doesn't count what you do with gold or planet fitness or whatever. And we're going to progress you by what we're doing here. And that creates an importance. And then we start seeing that kid do the same. Little Billy was laid down here one day. Wednesday, one day. Wednesday he's progressing how he needs to. You know, so we really take like, into account that attendance along with that attitude, training age, and stuff like that. You bring up an important point about, um, you know, not necessarily throwing a barbell on freshmen. Um, I got kind of strong opinions about this. You know, I wrote a blog about it and saw this, and you know, I, I feel fairly strong about not putting a barbell on freshmen. Just from the simple fact that one, they're not biologically age, you know, they're they're starting to enter puberty and they haven't really figured out the body, and two, more than likely, they're not coming from a middle school program that does proper progressions into the weight room. And I know, you know, there's football coaches out there that want to push the barbell and push, and you can do, you can progress with the barbell. I mean, you can, you know, it's all about load management, whatnot, but. Right now, the freshmen at our school right now, they're, they're on a no-barbell program. It's all dumbbells, bands, or body weights. And, you know, it, just like you said, it's a slow-cooked process. You know, freshmen, they got time to develop. They got time to grow. They got time. You know, there's no sense of rushing them. And, um, you know, I just wanted to reiterate and highlight that point that you made there, Coach. Yeah, it's – um. North Carolina, like they're, I don't know of middle schools that have weight. Um, there's some school districts where you're able to get a hold of the eighth graders. Let's say the, the last chunk of their eighth grade year. Um, there's all these rules. There can't be any high school kids in the building. That's what we were able to do at my previous school to where we would, like, when they got like 430. We could, you know, get them over, walk over to the high school. We kind of start that process January, February of their um, of their eighth grade year. In Charlotte, it's, it's, you can't you can't get a hold of them until January, and not January, June. So it's, it's you have no choice. Right. You know, like one thing we do with the barbell right now is a lot of our kids, and they got out of our. ISO hold, athletic position, sandbag hold spot in our block zero. And now block one, they're holding the bar uh, searcher stop. And we got, we are all of our block zero, all of our block one stuff is one by 20. And every day, first introduce it, it's just the bar, you have the bar, two and a half, five, five and a half, 10. And a half, 
10, 10 and 5. And we just add up a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. And then I'm, I'm going to try to milk that as long as I can. Yep. And, and they will, then kids will, we had a kid stumble into a front squat one time. He was trying to hit the zercher far here. He picked it up and he ended up in his hands and then he's going to pull it up. Uh-huh. Great front squat. Um, a lot of kids, like, they'll, they'll stay in the zercher squat. Normally, I would do, like, a goblet squat, and they would, you know, kind of start the top row of the dumbbells, and just kind of keep going down, and you can do the, the hundreds for whatever my standard was. I can't remember what it was. You're ready to front squat. And like I said, equipment's the biggest thing. Uh, you turn to figure out what you do and how you do it. Like, the zercher squat was my substitution for goblet squat. Hopefully, we can get some dumbbells one day. Um, hopefully, my grant writing skills are plus. We'll see what happens in December. I'll get some dumbbells or power blocks or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, since we're kind of transitioning into this period from, you know, precision to in season. Or if you've are you're probably already started, you know, you're already in that kind of in season mode. How are you developing and maintaining gain speed with athletes? We look into what are they getting in practice? Where most a lot of our skill kids they're gonna get a tremendous amount of speed. Yeah, some of our in the box players, like linebackers, running backs, they're getting linear and then maybe a little bit of lateral. Uh, honestly, the, the linemen will probably touch on a little bit of linear stuff since they don't do a lot of it. There's a lot, a lot of things that they do are just so like boom, 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 boom. Right, the core drill is that. Two on one, like double team work sort of stuff, half line stuff to where it's just not a lot of discovered, but effort is a tremendously high level. Just kind of just feel whatever buckets ain't getting filled. Uh, things will probably will get a little bit easier once we have school. Because uh, once I'm, I'm lucky that I can get my football kids in the school day five days a week for 90 plus minutes. And that, you know, honestly, like our weird, our schedule is weird. Some days it's ninety minutes, some days it's seventy minutes, some days it's like over two two hours. And so, like we're we're blessed to have that much time during the school year with our football kids, um, that we just kind of just take care of it during class. And then the goal is to really like when they go to practice, they should be having to do a lot of speed work. This is kind of what, what they're already doing within their practice, whether it's individual, seven on seven, uh, team, team pass, tempo period, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, they're still doing like technique work, stuff like that, especially for our freshmen. Um, but yeah, just really just trying to figure out what buckets are not getting filled and really addressing it. I wish I had like DPS stuff like that that would probably take it to another level, but. Right. Kind of looking at it as a, um, like rep counts almost. I talk to the position coaches and they're like, who got the most reps? Who are our guys that we get? We need to look at. 
and then not a lot of scaling it down for them corporately. And maybe, hey, look, these kids that don't touch the field at all, guys are just hanging out with me on the sideline. Maybe we need to turn up their stuff a little bit. Being that, you know, yes, Monday they're doing this, Tuesday they're doing this, Wednesday. Um, they don't play on Thursday, they don't play on Friday. They're just trying to be there. Right. Kind of, we take care of them. That way, when they need to get in, it's not so. Oh my goodness, what's going on? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, high school football boys are a different breed, man. I mean, they are some of the weirdest kids you'll ever meet in your entire life. And, I mean, I talk from experience because I was, you know, that high school freshman football boy that, you know, football can uh, – or just high school – you know, high school boys in general are weird. I mean, they're, they're, they're tweeters, man. They're just like, you know, they're – like, they're just – there's big old way players. And then, you know, you got – have you ever taught at middle school level? I taught one year of social studies. God bless you. Uh, you know, I mean, you know it, man. It's, it's weird. Middle school's a weird time, man. You know, like you can have some like tremendously overdeveloped fifth graders talking like me, and you have some eighth graders, and they're like very tall. And uh, it was just a weird time, and then just in the ninth grade, they're just, and especially this past year with COVID, there's a lot of our kids. They spent their entire seventh grade and or eighth grade year like this. Like this was their social interaction. Mm-hmm. And then in, 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 um, in North Carolina, in CMS, our school district, we were mask optional the day I was hot. So when when school, when uh, COVID started, March 2020, yeah, I guess that's right, March 2020, all up until the March of when I got hired in 2022, mask, mandatory masks. Yep. And so that's just, you know, one of the many things that uh, our kids have, to do, have, have had to overcome and stuff like that and social skills and things like eye contact. Like a lot of those freshmen, they, they don't understand eye contact. They're going to teach social skills along with athletic development and things like that. Yep. And then, like, hey, how do you respond to so, so somebody? Every response doesn't have to be this or a man for this. You blank, you blank, blank. Like you can have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. People aren't like trying, they're not coming to get you. They just want a conversation. Right. And really understanding that hey, there are consequences. When things happen, like you're not going to just get slapped on the wrist and get pushed on. Um, yeah, freshmen, freshmen are interesting, but um, yeah, I don't know how you did middle school just for just the year that you just said. I did, I did like a 16 week uh, student teaching day, but even that, I'm like, nope, I'm good. I, w- I will go back to elementary school if I would ever go into a I would ever go to a middle school. Man, middle school is a different breed. When uh, so, I worked in physical therapy for like a little bit, right, for about a couple of years, and I 
was planning on proposing to my wife now and you know when i was working my pt job it was a tech job it wasn't it wasn't anything extravagant but after i graduated college when worked at this physical therapy clinic for about a year i was getting paid nine dollars an hour after a degree and i was you know about to propose to my wife and everything and i you know sitting there thinking to myself like you know uh, i should probably find a real job you know something that pays a little bit better than nine dollars an hour so naturally i just kind of looked at education i said you know whatever and uh applied you know didn't have a license nothing didn't pass no tests or anything like that the principal at school she contacted me said if you want to teach sixth grade social studies then um i'll write a permit for you and that's what he did and that was my first teaching job about i think it was august of 2020 so it was right kind of after the whole covid started so that was my first year teaching was like this just online <laughs> had no kids in class it was, it was all online uh, and, it was like this do it now i'm gonna do a box like this <laughs> yeah, yes yes <laughs> it's exactly like that uh, i mean all right, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're here. <laughs> you have it. I mean, I, 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 I remember having to do attendance during COVID. All right, press the raise your hand button if you're here, and all of a sudden it would just pop up in that little right hand corner. All right, any questions? No. Man, uh, I'll tell you what, that was a imagine, wild. Imagine doing right in conditioning virtually. That now, there's no way, there's no way I could have done that. That was um, very interesting, man. You know, you get you had the choice. Everything, there's lots of ways that it could have been done. You had the some of the people that um, they were doing jumping jacks and stuff and going the computer, and you, know, you got your screen on, you're getting after it, and then you get this. All right, you do your jumping jacks. As Coach Fly were doing our jumping jack. And then in my school district, you couldn't, you couldn't mandate their rings to be on. You know, in CMS, you can. So all this you couldn't mandate they, they to be on. So I could have done that. Or what we did was we had team builder. And I would write at home workouts. Well, we had different options. At home workout, we had, I, I had bands program. We have a dumbbell program. And then we had like, all right, you have your own home gym and stuff. We had some kids that had racks and stuff like that in their house. We would go over the workout, all the different little progressions to it. And, all right, anybody got any questions? All right, guys, you got to 5 p.m. to get it done. And that, they, they would have to record themselves on Team Builder. That's how, that's how we did it in virtual. Conditioning from March 2020, we were finally allowed back in November, I think. And we always bounce back and forth between being in person and being virtual. You would be in person like six weeks and then boop, go back. And even then, we were in person, it was. Kids could elect, hey, I want to stay virtual. I want to be in person. And even the in-person people, 
all right, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday with these letter kids. Tuesday, Thursday, these letter kids. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't have so many kids in the way. No. Yeah. It was just, it was rough, man. It was rough. But, I can imagine. It was rough teaching. I could imagine doing it, you know, strength conditioning wise. Man. Then it was, then it was like, we come out there, like, then, you know, try to get kids ready for the football season in February. And these kids have, they hadn't been active in any sort of resistance training, any sort of anything since March 2020. And then he went to play the most violent game in America, February 2021. And then in a calendar year, if you if you win the state championship during COVID, that's that was nine games. Then you turn around, you play a re another regular season. Um, I'm, not, I'm not good at math, but there are some kids that they if they play the state title back to back. They're playing 22 games in a year. Like the professionals don't do that. Like there's no like not, there's no NFL team that plays 22 games. No college yet, no college team. If any of us playing 22 games, we were asking our highest school. Yeah. We're ridiculous. No time in the way. That's that ridiculous. Not one of the, not one of our states' uh, brightest moments. But uh, I'm glad we've, uh, we're, we're passing that now. Absolutely. And you kind of mentioned a little bit about technology, you know, team builder. Um, I've seen on, your Instagram and Twitter that you're doing kind of the VBT. Um, At my old school, we, we, we use VBT um, with my grants. I wrote a grant and I had gotten funded for $10,000 where we were able to get nine VMAX Pro units with the software. Uh, and then we got, <laughs> we got track phone. Uh, I saw that Coach Hoover at York. No, he, he didn't at the time have money for like iPad and stuff like that. We got track phone. So he would like I bought these track phones with no minutes, no data. So I'm getting a, an Android phone, like an no, Android phone, twenty one dollars per phone. I got nine of them joking. and I would just run my phone as a hotspot and would. BBT it up, but you know, it was, when we were using it, it was a tremendous lifesaver where we honestly, we would quit training percentages. Now we would, hey, today we're living in this world, this speed, that speed. And I could set it up on VMAX Pro to where obviously the thing's talking to you about what, what your speeds are, stuff like that. And then with VMAX Pro, it would, um, would auto-regulate so if you weren't hitting the speed, it would give you a weight. Hey, go down to this, go up to this. Um, that was uh, definitely a really cool time. They would have access to that kind of stuff. So, but now my new school, we don't have that right now. So really, the one that I have is mine. And I've been kind of monkeying with um, the Max Pro that I already had, and then a company called uh, Etrue. Air at the NatCon as well. Um, just kind of was been playing with them, and so you know, I get to the point where maybe hey, get all the things that I need, we need dumbbells, 
new bars and plates and stuff like that, then we can kind of get the, the extra stuff that can further enhance our experience. Gotcha. So do you integrate technology into your strength conditioning program? I mean, you talked about team builder. Is there yeah, anything so else that you really do that integrate technology with strength conditioning? Um, we talked about team builder. They actually just um, added a new feature where like kids have like a wearable. I don't have mine on right now, but um, like a kid has an Apple Watch on. They have a Whoop or any sort of device like a Fitbit that measures their heart rate and stuff, stuff like that. Like Team Builder now will we can actually take that data to where eventually I'm going to be able to see their heart rate, calories burned, exertion levels, all that. By like uh, like some of the same reports that you do on Team Builder to see complete, like completion, the one RM, like how they how they're progressing, things like that. Um, eventually, I'm going to be able to their heart rates over time we'll be able to see exertion levels and then make decisions on programming based upon that and as long as you have the top one the uh, platinum pro package for team builder it's free like, you don't have to do anything extra kids just go on their phone wish i didn't find it kids just go on their phone and I think mine has mine's not up right now. I haven't worn it in a couple of days, but it looks like this. The kids can see all their stuff: heart rate, active calories burned, heart rate variability, passive calories burned, step count, hours slept. So, if they get this thing integrated, how I, I think how they're going to, I can quit doing these surveys about how much are you sleeping. You know, you have some kids that would be very truthful. You know, most of my kids, they're going to lie about it. They right. know that if they give you something low, I want to change the program. Now they actually wear that thing on their wrist all night. Not going to lie to me. There's no work on their end. Just have to make sure it's synced up to whatever they use with Apple Health and um, whatever um, Android. Is. I think that's 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 already kind of started to be a cool little thing. They always, I think Team Builder started it last week when they kind of introduced it and stuff. And like now kids are coming on. Hey, Coach, I, I, brought, I bought, my, brought my dad's old Apple Watch. How do I get it synced up? And like they're at, and I wanted to see, and all right, they're looking at their exertion score and they could fly. Is this good? Is this bad? And then that creates conversations. What are you doing? Da, 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 that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, and it's like it's no it's no extra expense to the schools. They're already paying for team. They were already paying for the top one for like a thousand, however many spots it was. Now it's just, it's just another thing that we can do that can make our kids that much better. Man, that's awesome. Sports science has really taken just a increase, especially the last but I, I say about last couple of years or so. You know, uh, Team Baylor came out with that sports science course, which mm-hmm. was phenomenal. I can't, I couldn't say enough good things about it because, you know, you're you're tracking data. You know, of all this data that we're collecting, and making just a little dash 
and making decisions off of that dash. I mean that that's totally going that has that has changed. You know the way yeah. that we view and do sports and strength conditioning. And it's already, I mean, it's already, it's already happened in the college world. There's entire college programs to where okay, they have a guy that's all he does. He sits in front of a computer and bangs out all the numbers and things like that. Um, I was, I hope that, I hope we don't get that point in high school, and it kind of like diminishes the art of what we do. Where I mean, you wouldn't. I, I I don't know why high school. All right, we're going to hire a weight, you know, quote unquote Olympic guy. We're going to hire a powerlifting, hire a speed guy. Now people like us, and like, what do we do? Right. And they, being able to being able to cover all those things makes us versatile. It makes us that much more of an asset to a school. Where you know you, you can't. They're going to ask your head football coach to. All right, head coach so and so, can you? I need you to do this, uh, this data on their, um, let's say you have like catapults and stuff, like on their own, so-and-so's mileage, or the top speeds that they're doing, let's adjust it from there. He ain't going to do all that, man. Nor should he. He's going to get another, maybe we can do all this for signs, another, you know, plug into what we do, and maybe why there should be a, a full-time person at all at the high school. I think what's cool about like us doing sports science is that we can simplify that decision making for sport coaches. So you can take all that data, shrink it down, and then present to them. It's like, well, it's just like teaching athletes how to lift. You know, you're not going to teach them that all the anatomy, physiology, the tendons, ligaments, you know, everything. You're just going to give them the base and kind of go from there. I think the sports science way is still it's kind of the same ideology. You know, you're not going to give them all the heart rates and the VO2 max and everything of, you know, whatever. You're going to give them what's important to them. You know, are they fresh? Should they be ready to go? That sort of thing. And so I think that's pretty valuable for us as strength coaches to be able to crunch those numbers and, you know, be able to present it to sport coaches in a more manageable way. Yeah. It's going to get more to that point, like just uh... The days of just, hey, we're just going to, you know, we've got to be mentally tough. And that's a whole other conversation about mental toughness and stuff like that. But um, you know, how, like, how do we know, like, this, this, this or that? And then we have technology at our disposal. And like you said, you can't just throw everything at a coach where, hey, you've been coaching for 30-some years. Hey, you're starting quarterback's heart know this stuff. Give you to him in a way that he can understand it and have him from there make a decision on his own. But surely you're not going to go to your head coach, the quarterback hat, starting quarterback has whatever score that's supposed to mean he's not going to play. What's the head coach going to tell you? He's going to play. You don't play. Yeah. Like for you, like, hey, you're starting center. He's going to play. You know, has, this, has this score, da da da. I'm like, nah, bro, he got to play. He's going to play, yeah. So it's really understanding what, what, um, what data points are going to be important to make that decision in terms of athlete health and development and stuff like that. And really just understanding what's worth looking at and what's not. There's some things that are really cool to look at, like VMAX Pro. That's tons of variables you can look at. And it's like VBT to a fire hose sometimes. 
it was like, hey, what are you going to look at? What are the things that are important to you and uh, what, how you make your decisions in terms of how you program things from here on out? I was just really picking one or two things that are important and then going on. From right, exactly. All right, Coach Fly. So what advice would you give a young student or athlete that wants to go into strength conditioning or sport performance? Uh, I just had this conversation with somebody two or three days ago. Unfortunately, they're, they've already graduated and stuff. But I, I you probably say the same thing for your state too, but if you want to be a high school strength coach in the public school world, you have to have a PE teaching license. Like no principal gives a diddly squat about no CSCS, USAW, about whatever letters the end of, the, of your of your name. Should they? Absolutely, they should. But they, they don't. They don't. So if you want to be in a public school, you have to have a teaching license. That's non-negotiable. I'm not sure how that what that means in terms of you go to school and I want to be a high school strength coach or you need to have the English about it. And you need to make sure you have all your education stuff taken care of. You got to make sure you're taking whatever test you have to do to be PE certified and try to do as many. Honestly, when I was in school, I was in the same classes as athletic trainers, exercise science majors. So I had all that stuff plus all the education stuff with you know want to be math teachers and history teachers and things like that. Um, yeah, that's my first thing. You got to be certified to teach in the, in the school. Uh, second thing is you got to know where you fit. Uh, yeah, I can only, I can only speak for North Carolina. But most weight rooms, weight room spot, taken up by who? Football. Football. And more than likely, it's the head football coach. Yep. Where if you want to be that guy, you need to kind of find a way where you fit in. Where, hey, look, it might be doing what I had to do and what you're doing right now. Hey, I, I teach PE. I'm the offensive line coach. And I help the head coach with weight room. Or you should you might have to suck it up and teach health. And that is not a very fun thing to do, but I mean if you want you talk you had a job and you got paid nine dollars an hour. All right, well we'll make nine bucks an hour. Or you want to have like a full salary. Yep. So you might want to you might suck it up for like for me, I had to suck it up for four years teaching elementary school PE. I didn't want to, but I kind of knew that's kind of where I had to start in order to kind of get to that point. Get me able to head coach at that, hey, I'm going to be out whatever day. Can you run the weight room? You need to make sure you run it at a phenomenal level. Yep. Still doing what he asked you to do. And that's not a point to where, all right, we're going to try this, 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 and this. Now you better run the program as he wants it fun. At the end of the day, it's so and so's program. Right. Just a part. And then you kind of help here and help there a little bit. And then the point will turn out to where, hey, you just want to run the freshman. And then you just, then you kind of like start teaching your freshman how you want things done. 
if you're going to get another job, the head coach goes, hey, this freshman does really, really well. You want to run the whole thing? So it's not, it's not going to happen overnight in a lot of places. There's very few spots to where the head coach is going to be like, I just want, I just want a strength guy. You just do it. And that to me, that's their that's their baby. Regardless of whether whether they're really good or really bad, that's their baby, and they don't want to give it up. So you have to show them, hey, why, why you should trust me to run your baby? Because the weight room is going to be where they spend most of their time, and that's kind of where they equate wins and losses. Yep. They're bound. They're going to be bound to offensive schemes. They're going to be bound to defensive schemes. You know, if it's an option guy. There's really not much you're going to do to kind of sway him. He's a four-two-five guy. There's really not much you're going to sway him off of being a four-two-five guy. He's going to be stuck in his schemes and the weight room. He believes it's going to win. It does, but you know, you know, it, the weight room's not going to win you lose you games automatically. There's some games that you, you can be the fastest on this team, but on the ball ten times in the game, you're going to lose. Right. If your tackle can't block the five, you're going to lose. Center keeps zinging the ball above the quarterback's head, you're going to lose. It has nothing to do with the weight room. Right. So just kind of, you know, showing them that, hey, he trusts you with his, with his baby and stuff like that. And once you have it, continuing to grow and learn and don't be stagnant. Like the things I did my first year at North Mac. I don't even I don't do that. But it's a constant evolution in terms of what you're doing, how you're doing it, and always trying to find a way to get better. Because if you're just kind of staying the same, they can hire anybody to stay the same. And hey, hey, can you go back in the weight room and do the same thing? And he, you know, he'd be happy and stuff. But you always have to constantly make sure that you're getting better. And then once you get, once you have that spot, once you get better, the last thing is being smart. Whether the first thing is going to get you fired if you lose, if you kids get hurt, right? So you got to be smart with how you train the kids, and then you got to be smart with money. Where if you're doing some sort of fundraiser or a way to like raise money for equipment, you make sure you're doing all those administrative things. How they need to be done. Because if you're doing something bad with the kids in terms of getting them hurt or you're playing with the school's money, you're going to get fired. Yeah. And things that they don't teach you in, you know, undergrad and whatever, and they're not, you're not going to find how to deal with money in the CSCS, you know, however many chapters, book that is, you know, life skills, how you deal with people. That's how you're going to keep your spot. And then just helping other people. Once you have your spot and like, hey, this is my spot, we'll grow it, make the biggest thing possible. Reach out to other people. I help other people with you know, podcasts, stuff like that. Be open to help people because there are so many people that help you along the way. Um, just, just give it back because you give good things back to the world. At some point, good things are going to bounce back to you. Right, exactly. Um... Yeah, that's great advice there, Coach Fly. I mean, I can't tell you enough times to where, um, you know, I like I like your point where you talk about, you know, 
it's not going to happen overnight. You know, this process, it's, it's a slow cook process, just like training freshmen are. You know, you may have to start out at the middle school level. You may have to start out at elementary. You may have to teach different subjects. You may have to teach health. You may not even have to teach, you know, PE or health. You may have to teach biology or math just to get your foot in the door. You know, um, when I got out of college, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a high school strength coach. And I had to go through an education program to teach biology, to get my foot in the door, to coach football, and, you know, to ultimately, you know, get to this spot here. So I like that point of it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to have to, I hate to use the word grind, but you're going to have, you're going to have to go grind through it. Well, as our kids say, you're going to thug it out. I mean, it, yeah. There's, there's some things that you don't, may not be wanting to do. And it, it, what you said, this is what your dream is. You want to be a high school strength coach, you know, in the biggest extent possible where you're doing it full time. Uh, you have to understand that this, you have to do certain things. Yep. And you say, hey, look, we need you to come in and teach history. You got to coach a sport. I mean, you might have to, you might have to coach the sport. Yep. You know, but, I mean, I didn't want to coach track, but it was asked of me. And, you know, the schools offer, offer me the opportunity to, at least during the school day, you know, be a full-time strength coach and not have to teach health and, you know, be in the, stuck in the gym and things like that. I mean, doing track and being around throwers was really a terrible thing to do. And it just kind of, it really helps you in terms of you're talking to sport coach, whoever, and really understand like where they're coming from. Especially like a head, a head coach with football or anybody, you know, they got to worry about what they're doing during the school day. You know, they're a classroom teacher, they got to their lesson plan. They got to worry about test scores, things like that. And then they got to get inside their head. You know, if your head coach is an offensive guy, they're sitting here prattling off. And how do we do? How do we block outside zone to odd? How do we block outside zone to even to bear and shoot? What do we do if this guy walks down? His head's always rolling with all these questions, trying to find solutions, and he's got to work on his call sheet. And he's got to work on who's going to play. You know, it's senior night. We got to worry about how we're going to recognize our seniors. Is that organized and stuff? Go oh, shoot it's in the away game. Do we have buses? Do we drive the bus? Pre-game meal. Like I can relate all that stuff with my head coach i can i understand like hey look when he's like kind of scatterbrained there's 25 things rolling through his head right now maybe now is not the time to complain about so and so having an earring on the way right this is not the time to ask about this thing or that thing hey look there's i'll just ask him tomorrow and with other coaches like a basketball coach like, I understand his, what he goes through. Hey, look, I understand what you're going through. This is a way, this is how I can help you make your day a little bit less stressful. You know, the word about training your kids, I'm here for you to help you. Hey, let me know what time you want to come, and we'll get it done. That's kind of how we, we've had such good buy-in because I, have, I was a sport coach. I did it for 10 years. You know, I had to be. You know, or about how do you get blood off a jersey? Eating with angry mamas and daddies from the stand, calling you not very nice things. I mean, I've, yep. I've been there. Yep. 
So I can I can have those conversations with coaches and completely be completely relatable and um, help them out from there. Yeah. Uh, last couple questions here for you, Coach Fly. Uh, who are what are your top five coaches that have influenced you in strength and conditioning? Oh me. Um, first one, Mark Hoover. Second, John Powell. Third one is a guy named Todd Hagler. He was a he was kind of a prototype of how North Carolina strength coaching, strength and conditioning was. Uh, just kind of doing what we what, what we do. He was a strength coach slash offensive line coach. He was like one person that I couldn't easily relate to and he has been doing it for a tremendously long time. Um two more. I'm just gonna pick two more Harry Harbor. Yeah and then uh last person would probably be it's it's honestly a tie between Coach Schofield and Coach Kobe. And ironically they're both at the same place right now. Um, but just those two, everybody on that list, they have helped me out so much in just terms of understanding what we do as a profession, X's and O's, and then understanding just like how to deal with people. Like I, had, I was on the phone with Coach Harbor two days ago, two or three days ago, talking about the situation with our volleyball team, not volleyball team, um, cheerleading team. And then, um, He's kind of like, yeah, I get it. You know, talk about this, talk about that, stuff like that. I know you said five. I gave you six. But oh, you're good, man. We can probably keep going about naming people, but those are the first ones that really pop out of my head that you know, been like monumental in like who I am as a strength coach. That's awesome. So out of those five, who should everyone be following, whether that be Twitter or Instagram? Well, one of them doesn't do either, so you ain't got to worry about him. Uh, it was Todd Hagler doesn't do doesn't do uh, any sort of social media or anything like that. He's actually a, a rep now for um for William Strength. Gotcha. Uh, so he's not he's he's very he's not anything uh, social media. Is the other ones? I mean, Coach Hoover's always putting that nugget. I mean, Coach Hoover's always putting out things about all those gadgets and gizmos he has in terms of catapult and DBT. He, 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 he's around with every Max Pro, Gymware, and, and all, all the stuff he does technology-wise. And like, he's, he's, he's just very open. And like, you can call him and go answer the phone, or he didn't have the answer. He says, hey, call somebody, call so-and-so, here's a number, ask him this. So, yeah, I think Coach Hoover, Coach Hoover puts out a lot of stuff that's, like, really, really big time. You know, about tons of people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Coach Fly, thank you for being on the Conjugate Chats and to agreeing to come on and, you know, sharing your perspective and your knowledge of the field of strength conditioning. I mean, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully we will uh, 
Are you in Chicago, maybe? Oh, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm still, still trying to figure out how, my, how I'm going to get there. I, I don't do planes. It's going to be interesting. Do you not like the height? Uh, I've been on a plane one time and didn't have a, didn't have a good experience. Gotcha. Well, I might yeah. have to, uh, I don't know, find a way to calm down a little bit on a plane or, you know, my dumb tail's looking at, like, trains. Well, there's, a, there's a train that goes from Charlotte to D.C. You wait two hours from D.C. to Chicago. It's like a day, like a 28, 29-hour train ride. I'm not sure if that's, the, if that's the way either. Then on the way back, it's not much better. I, I think I looked at it. The thing would leave Sunday at like 6 p.m. You wouldn't get to D.C. until like noon. You've got to wait five hours. And then go from D.C. to Charlotte. And you get to Charlotte on Tuesday at like 3 a.m. So I, I I got I got a little under a year figured out. I'm not gonna get to Chicago. Yeah, man. Um, I'm not driving. I'm not driving. That's a, that's a how far is that from where you're at till Chicago? It's probably every bit of like sixteen hours, maybe. We drove to your. We go to Tennessee. It took us six. But it was like seven hours. It was it was me, my wife, and my daughter, my my, my one year old. That was it. That was fun. And doing that and then taking her to all those places. But I, I don't. I, Sixteen hours in the car. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm I'm not about that one. I don't think. So I may have to be uh, under like maybe take some uh, sleeping pills or something or something that makes me calm on the airplane or just you know get on the train Thursday and then. Soaking all that stuff, but you yeah. got a lot of fear down there, man. Yeah, I got plenty of time to plan for that. Um, I lived in Illinois for like eight years, so I kind of know my way around that state and where that next NatCon is at. It's like two hours north of where I did high school and college, so you know, kind of that's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited that it's in Chicago. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next NatCon. I think it's like I said, net cons are just such a different thing. You can't compare it to any other clinic. I know like, like the, um, the NSCA coaches conference is going to be in Charlotte. But like, like things like that, like any football clinic you ever were to go to, like this doesn't, it doesn't compare. It don't, it don't. I mean, it's, High the, the high level of speakers that are going to be there, you know the connection. Hey, we, we we've known each other, Twitter and things like that, and then to finally like, see each other in person, and then have like and talk like we'd like been seeing each other like over and over again, and then that con we're going to get fed Friday night, Saturday morning. On Saturday lunch, Saturday dinner. You get all that free food and then the giveaways and things like that. 
it's just unmatched. Whoever's listening and watching, whatever, and you have not been to a NatCon, you need to try to find a way to get you're anywhere remotely in that Chicago area where you can drive. It's a no-brainer. Don't find it. Don't find. Don't find a way not to find a way to. Yeah, absolutely. Just find a find a way. It's the biggest family family reunion in the nation. They told us because they had like a pre something that told us like people that were new to NACON like the schedule and like the layout of everything. They told us that you know don't plan on buying any food. You know it's all gonna be supported for you. And I was like, yeah, you know, okay, whatever. You know, I'll see what you got. And no, they, 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 they fed you the entire time that you're there. And there was like, there's extras, extra food. I mean, they're not going to run out. I was like, you just don't get that anymore. Like, you can't go to a Nike clinic and they feed you. You're not going to Glacier and they feed you. You're not going to, any any other conference you can think of, we're not we're not going to get that's just, that. That's just one thing makes for the NHSSCA does such a big big thing. They know who their clientele is. They know that hey, look, people are saving up money just to afford a plane ticket or and they have to use their administration eight months in advance so they can go. You know what everybody's working with the fact that they provide that high level of experience with a price they charge. It is absolutely. You haven't you haven't figured out then that you're listening. Gotta try to find a way to get there. What what day? You the twenty fourth. June twenty third. 24. That's whatever uh, the pre con will be the first half of the 23rd. And then can't miss if you're um, anything that do with high school people, high school athletes, got to find a way to get your butt to Chicago June 23rd and June 24th. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's another episode of the Conjugate Chats with your host here, Coach Raspberry. Thank you, Coach Fly, for being on here. And in the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today. Appreciate you, Coach Fly. All right, boss, man. Thank you.